This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. Listen to what the Bible says here. This is what the Bible says in Luke chapter 19, verses 12, 13. It says, and he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his servants and delivered them 10 pounds and said unto them, get these words, occupy, but occupy till I come. <laughs> because I am coming. I just want you to occupy till I come because I am coming let's pray Lord as I bow my head in your presence I pray today that you would come after doing this all these years I realize that without the precious Holy Spirit of God <laughs> without God your hand and your anointing without your power and your presence anything and everything I'd try to do is vanity and vexation Lord I don't want anybody to see me I, I want them to see you high and lifted up so hide us in the cross of Calvary that they might see Jesus. Because God, you, you did say you would share your power with me, but you will not share your glory with me. And God, I want you to be glorified today because I want men, women, boys, and girls to come to know you as personal Savior. And for all you do, we're going to praise you. For I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Till you come, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about the end is near, what do I do? The end is near, what do I do? For four weeks, we've been talking about the fact that Jesus is coming. We've given sign after sign after sign. We've reached the point now, we don't need to look for the signs, we need to listen for the shout. Jesus literally is coming and soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. Now, in light of the fact that Jesus is coming, I want to give you four quick things that the Bible admonishes us to do. First of all, the Bible admonishes us to, to learn of his coming. It says learn of his coming. It's in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant. The word ignorant only means unlearned. He said, I don't want you to be unlearned. I want you to learn about my coming. And I commend you. Many of you have been here for five weeks. I mean, you've been here for the all five weeks simply because you said, Pastor Benny, I want to learn about his coming. But not only are we supposed to learn about his coming, we're supposed to look for his coming. We're supposed to look. 2 Peter 3 and 12 says that we're to look. We're to realize each day, today may be the day. Today may be the day. It may be the day. By the way, folks, there's not anything in the Bible that's prohibiting the Lord from coming back. He could come back before I finish this message. Amen? He could come back before I finish this message. So we've got to, we've got to look for his coming. We've got to uh, learn of his coming. But then there's a third thing we've got to do, folks. We've got to long for his coming. We got to long for his coming. You know, I believe as we get a little older, we start thinking about heaven more. Amen. 
I do. I think as you get older, you start. I understand now why the, the older saints of God would sing about and think about heaven and, and want to talk about heaven. We, we, we think about, uh, uh, we just get, just get it on our minds sometimes. You know, life's kind of like a bath. The longer you stay, the more wrinkles you get. Amen? I mean, get real. You said, Pastor Ben, I mean, we just, we just, you said, well, Brother Benny, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm 42, and you know, what's amazing, I, 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 people say I look 25. No, you don't. You look 42. <laughs> now, it just, it just digresses. These bodies just digress, amen? It just, it, it just, we weren't meant for, to live forever. You said, what are you talking about to long for his coming? You know what the last recorded words of Jesus Christ were? The last recorded words of Jesus Christ are in Revelation chapter 22, verse 20. Look what he said. Surely I come quickly. You want to know what was on the Lord's mind? Coming back. Because he said, surely I come quickly. And I love what old John the Revelator said. He said, bring it on, brother, bring it on. He said, even so, come. I'm fine. If you want to come today, he said, that's okay. So we need to learn of his coming. We need to look for his coming. We need to long for his coming. But then there's one other thing we need to do. We need to live each day for his coming. We need to live each day for his coming. I love what Adrian Rogers said. Adrian Rogers said we ought to live our lives like Christ died yesterday. He arose this morning and he's coming back this afternoon. We ought to live like Christ died yesterday. He arose this morning, and he's coming back this afternoon. Now, I began to process as I preached four weeks on the coming of Christ and the end times and eschatology. I began to think about what should we do while we're waiting on him to come back? There's six things that I believe the Bible is very clear. It's clear for you. It's clear for me. There's six things in the Bible that God tells us to do while we wait for the coming of Jesus Christ. He said, the first thing I want you to do while you wait for the coming of Christ, I want you to refrain from judging. I want you to refrain from judging. Now, before I dig into this, I want you to understand, I believe in Christian standards. I believe in holiness. I believe without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. I believe we're in this world in contact, but we're not in this world in conduct. I believe we'll not make a difference until we are different. So I've I've established that fact. Why do you say we should refrain from judging? Well, I didn't say it. Look what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 4 and 5. Therefore, judge nothing before the time. Until the Lord comes, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. What's it saying? He said, don't you worry about judging, because when I come back, I'll take care of that. I'll take care of that. I I love what Mother Teresa said. He said, she said, if you judge people, you have no time to love them. If you judge people, you have no time to love them. And if we're not awful careful, 
We'll judge somebody for 30 years over what they did in 30 minutes. We'll spend 30 years judging somebody over what they did in 30 minutes. I learned this lesson as a young preacher. I was invited as a young preacher to go and preach a revival meeting. That's a series of services. And they said, we want you to come. But we not only want you to come, we want to have this other preacher preach too. And when I heard his name, I knew he was an older man. I, know he, I knew he was a more mature man. I knew he was a better preacher than me. And I thought, I want to go to his home. And I want to say to him, I submit to you totally. I don't believe you can ever over-honor somebody. And I said, I want to submit to you totally as we start this meeting. And I said to Barbara, I said, Barbara, do you know this man? She said, I've known him since I was a little girl. I not only knew him, I know his wife. I know his children. I know the family. I said, well, I want you to go with me. She said, I'd be honored to, be glad to. So we pull up, and Barbara gets out. They're sitting in the yard, and I look, and there sits the preacher's wife. God bear me record. And Barbara walks up, and then she says these words, Barbara, you're going to go straight to hell for wearing those pants. I thought, did I hear that correctly? She said, Barbara, you better get those pants off and get your dress on. Because she said, Baba, you're going to go to hell. I thought, my gosh, you got a quarter dip in your lip. You, you got a quarter dip in your lip. And you're telling my wife that she's going to go to hell for wearing no pants. God help us, folks. God help us. You said, Pastor, what do you think? Here, here, here's what I really think. Why don't we agree to do this? Why don't we agree that I hate my sin and you hate your sin? But let's love one another. Listen. Listen, I'm a man of standards, but I've seen men come to the pulpit and just rob and just really just pound on alcohol and just pound on smoking. I think, my God, that's wonderful. But you got carpet burns on your belly walking to the pulpit. <laughs> See, what's sin to most people is what they're not doing or what they don't enjoy doing. But why don't we realize that when Jesus comes back, he'll set everything in order. He'll judge everybody. He'll settle the score. <laughs> Dr. Billy Graham's daughter said to him one time, said, Daddy, I can't believe that you're praying at that man's inauguration. 
And Dr. Graham looked at his daughter and he said, let me tell you something. It's God's job to judge that man. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict that man. It's my job to love that man. I wish we could realize it's our job to love people. Amen? He said, while you're waiting, you just refrain from judging. He said, there's a second thing I want you to do while you're waiting. You remind yourself of God's faithfulness. You remind yourself of God's faithfulness. Do you realize the first time that Jesus is prophesied in the Bible is in Genesis 3.15? In the beginning, it prophesied that I'll put enmity between your seed. Prophesied in the very beginning. We get to Christmas time, and you start hearing the preachers use that verse that was 700 years before it happened. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. And she'll bear a son, and she'll call his name Emmanuel. And then sometimes the preacher around Christmas time will use Isaiah 9 and 6 that says, For unto us a child is born. (laughs) Talking about the humanity of Jesus Christ. Unto us a son is given. Talking about the divinity of Jesus Christ. And the government. shall be upon his shoulders. I don't want to offend anybody, but I just want to remind you, Biden can't do it. Trump can't do it. Obama can't do it. Only Jesus, the Lamb of glory, can put the government upon his shoulders. Those are prophecies of the coming of Christ. Every one time that the Bible prophesied he was going to be born in the manger, Eight times, it says he's coming the second time. (laughs) You say, Pastor, you believe he's coming the second time? Well, yes, I do. Why do you believe that? Because he told us he was coming the first time. (laughs) And he came the first time. And by the way, he's coming the second time. See, the Bible, the end times teach us the faithfulness of God. I think about the 144,000. You say, Pastor, the Bible says there in the book of Revelation that there's going to be 144,000. It says that, doesn't it, Pastor, in Revelation chapter 7, verses 3 and 4? Yes, it does, but can I tell you something? The 144,000 teach us that God is faithful. They teach us, it teaches us that God is faithful. So, well, tell me, preacher, about the 144,000. I'll tell you some things about them. First of all, I want you to know this. <laughs> they're saved. The 144,000 is they're saved because verse 3 tells us that they're saved. <laughs> and then Revelation 14, verse 3 says, they have been redeemed from the earth. You said, well, pastor, they're Are there 144,000 Jehovah Witnesses? (laughs) No. The Bible tells us there are 144,000 Jews. There are 144,000 Jews. The the text verse in verse 4 of of Revelation 7 tells us that they're they're Jews. What what are they going to be, Brother Benny? They're going to be 144,000 Apostle Pauls that are preaching the gospel. They're saved. 
But I want you to know something else. They're not only saved, they're sealed. <laughs> they're not only saved, they're sealed. What, what does that mean, Pastor? It means the Antichrist can't destroy them. It means the Antichrist can't overcome them because they have been sealed. Hey, I just stopped by to remind you today, our power, according to Ephesians 4 and 30, is we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Your strength is not in you. Your strength is in the Holy Spirit. The fact that you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. 144,000 that have been sealed. See, you got to understand, if you accept the mark of the beast, and you'll have to accept the mark of the beast in order to buy and sell. If you're left here in order to go to the hospital, in order to get a loaf of bread, in order to get a gallon of gas, you'll have to accept the mark. You said, Pastor, will it be a tattoo? Will it be a chip implanted? Will it be a vaccination? I'm not for sure. But I do know this. There had to be a cashless society come into play before it could happen. And we're better than a 90% today cashless society. As I travel, many times I'll pull out cash. And we don't accept cash. It's fallen into place. In 90 AD, when John wrote this, he said, in Revelation 13, verse 18, he said, here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it's the number of man, his number is 600, three score and six. So the number of the beast is 666. Every number represents something. The number six represents man. The number three represents God. 666 is man making himself God. Man making himself God. And you accept 666 to buy or sell. You say, Pastor, I've never heard anything like that. I have no problem believing it, folks. When I released the book, Defy the Odds, and I was traveling the nation, I would go to places. And they would say, no, no, wait, you can't come in. We need proof of vaccination. We need proof of vaccination. You, you can't purchase anything here. You can't come in unless you have proof of vaccination. You'll accept the mark. You say, but will there be children born during this time? Yes, there will. And to buy milk for those children, to buy supplies for those children, you'll have to accept the mark of the beast. You say, wait, pastor, this seems so far-fetched. It was far-fetched in 90 AD. Look at this graph. Take the alphabet. A is 6. B is 12. Total the alphabet. 6, 6, 6. Here's what I know for sure. The computer age had to come into place before the mark of the beast could come into place. The internet age had to come into place. Worldwide communication had to come into place before this could happen.
You said, wait, pastor, you said this teaches us about God's faithfulness. Well, in Revelation 7, verse 4, he sealed 144,000. Seven years later, Revelation 14, verse 3, they were in heaven. And bless God, there wasn't 143,999. There was 144,000 because God is faithful. Look here. While we're waiting on God, we need to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness. But there's a third thing we need to do. We need to revisit the cross. We need to revisit the cross. When I take groups to Israel, I take them to the Hebrew Galgotha. The Hebrew word Galgotha, we get the word Calvary. It means the place of the skull. And I explain that it was here that Christ was crucified at the bottom of the hill, the place of the skull. You say, well, Pastor Benny, I can't go there. Well, the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 11 and 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. You may not literally can go there, but you can go there in your mind. And you can go there in your mind and you can thank him for what he did for you on a hill far away. There stood an old rugged cross. 2011, I go to the home of Billy Graham, and I kneel down at Billy Graham's. He's sitting in a chair, and I kneel down by his chair. And I said, Dr. Graham, I'm going to go back, and I train, and I work with a lot of pastors. Dr. Graham, you're the greatest preacher of my lifetime. Dr. Graham, why did I tell these young preachers? He said, you go back and tell those young preachers, preach the cross. Preach the cross. Preach the cross. You say, we've got real modern. No, no, ladies and gentlemen, we need to preach the cross. We need to preach the cross. We need to preach the cross because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. He said, while you wait, while you wait, I want you to do some things. You refrain from ju judging. He said, just, just refrain. Remind yourself of God's faithfulness. Revisit the cross. But he said, there's a fourth thing I want you to do. Refuse to neglect church. He said, Pastor, where do you get that? Right out of the Bible. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. He said, in light of the fact that I'm coming soon, I want you to attend it. I want you to defend it. I want you to commend it. And I want you to extend it. I want you to be in church if you really believe that I'm coming back soon, I want you to be in church. See, we've digressed, folks. A few years ago, we had 
back row Baptists, we referred to them. They were, they were back row Baptists. But now we don't have back row Baptists. We've got bathrobe Baptists. And many people became bathrobe Baptists and bathrobe Pentecostal and bathrobe Methodists and bathrobe Episcopalians. And, and, and listen, folks, it's not about health. It's about habit. You got in a habit. You got in a habit. But if we really believe Jesus is coming soon, we want to be in his house. Some of the staff members said, Pastor, we've got some people still hadn't came back. What do we got to do? What do we got to do to get them back? I said, I'll tell you what we got to do to get some of them back. Put salsa and chips in the foyer. Put salsa and chips out there because I see them at the restaurants, but they're unable to come to God's house. Pastor, are you talking to me? If your phone's ringing, pick it up. You preach, Brother Benny, and rub the cat's fur the wrong way. Turn the cat around. Look here. If we really believe that Christ is coming, by the way, there's a fifth thing you'll do. You'll renounce sin in your life. You'll renounce sin in your life. You said, look, look what the Bible says. And now little children abide in him. What does that mean? That just means get real close to him. It just, abide just means get real close to Jesus, folks. It just, it just means moment by moment being sensitive to his promptings. Abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Folks, let me tell you something. Look, I'm 58 years old. And the older I get, I'm more concerned about what God's going to say to me than what people are saying about me. I'm more concerned about what God's going to say to me than what people are going to say about me. And I'm not trying to look at what I can still do and get by. What can I do as a Christian and still get by? How close can I live? Can I still be with hell's crowd? And can I still be with heaven's crowd? No, let me tell you something. I want when Jesus comes back, I want to be all in. I want to be totally sold out for the Lord. I want to be totally committed and serving him. I love what Patrick Morley said. He said, we think we can add cross to our lives, but not subtract sin. I think I'm hearing the grass grow outside. <laughs> we think we can add cross to our lives but not subtract sin. 
And then he went on to say, you can't have a change in belief and not a change in behavior. I'm not talking about a bunch of do's and don'ts. You you hear me closely. I'm not talking about a bunch of do's and don'ts. But let me tell you something. I had a mouth. Let me me tell you something, folks. This is not an exaggeration. I had a mouth that was horrible. I preached one night, and the lady said to me, I enjoyed your message, Pastor Tates. Thank you. She said, but you made... 13 grammatical errors. I said, sister, you don't understand. I had to give up 50% of my vocabulary when I got saved. But let me tell you something. After I got saved, I never read. I didn't know anything about the Bible. But I knew when I'd pop out those words. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I knew when I'd pop those words, the Holy Spirit would deal with my heart. I'm not talking about a bunch of do's and don'ts, folks. I'm talking about a relationship with God, and the Holy Spirit will show you what's right, and the Holy Spirit will show you what's wrong. If he's inside you, He will show you. I'm not talking about a bunch of do's and don'ts. I'm talking about a life lived by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you you the last. If we really believe that he's coming back, we're to reach the lost at all costs. If we really believe, look, look, folks. Sometimes I don't want to be real aggressive. I'm afraid I'll run her off. I'm afraid I'll run him off. I don't want to be real aggressive. Well, well, here's, let me just think about this just a minute. (laughs) If he or she's already on their way to hell, where are you going to run them to? Hell number two? They're already on their way to hell. We ought to say, I want to do everything short of sin to reach people for Jesus. Did you get that? I want to do everything short of sin to reach people for Jesus Christ. See, folks, when Jesus comes back, you've heard me say many times that that trumpet's going to toot and we're going to scoot. But what's going to happen when Jesus comes back? I'll tell you what's going to happen. There's going to be seven years of tribulation. Three and a half years of tribulation. Three and a half years of, get this, of great tribulation. When the Antichrist will go to the Temple Mount and demand that he's worshipped. And anybody who refuses to worship me, the Antichrist, They're beheaded on the spot. Anybody who refuses to worship me, the Antichrist, they're beheaded on the spot. There'll be constant war. The Bible says during this day, a man will work an entire day for a quart of wheat. 
millions on top of millions, millions on top of millions will starve to death. You got to realize, folks, the ministry, restraining ministry of the Holy Spirit, He's not here. He's not restraining because that ministry's gone. That ministry left with the church. Hailstones will fall out of the sky according to Revelation 16 and 21. Hailstones. I remember one time I was preaching in South Carolina and got in a storm and hailstones fell on my car and they were big as grapefruits. But hailstones will fall weighing 100 pounds. That's what God's Word says. Hailstones weighing 100 pounds. Re Revelation 16 verses 2, 10, and 11 says people will get sores on their bodies. And the sores will be so painful. And they will want relief from these sores. I don't know if that's what they'll look like. But they'll be in such excruciating pain, they'll chew their tongue out. They'll gnaw their tongue out because they're in such excruciating pain. Revelation 16, 18 says, during this time, there'll be earthquakes and these earthquakes will literally be so devastating, it will cause islands just to disappear. Puerto Rico no longer exists. Hawaii no longer exists. The earthquake, the island just, it was so massive. It just disappeared. Revelation 9 and 5 says, so you got to understand, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm taking long, but this is my last message. See, people talk about hell, the lake of fire, and the bottomless pit and think they're all one place. No, they're three different places. The bottomless pit is the abiding place for demonic spirits. It's the abiding place. You remember the demons who encountered Jesus said, don't, don't send us there. Don't send us back there. The Bible says during the tribulation period, demonic spirits will come out of the bottomless pit and they will sting men and women with the sting of a scorpion. And for five months, it will be excruciating pain. By the way, I'm preaching the Bible. And men will beg to die. And death won't come. Why would anybody want to be here? Why would anybody want to be a part of this? You say, preacher, it's happening. Oh, it's happening. November, excuse me, October the 7th, the president of the United States of 2022, Joe Biden, October the 7th, 2022, said these words. He said, Vladimir Putin, is not joking when he talks about the use of tactical nuclear weapons. President Biden said, it's gonna to lead to global destruction. 
And then President Biden said these words, we will end up with Armageddon. I said, it's happening. Just like God said, it's going to happen. Now, here's where you're at. You're saying, but Brother Benny, I, you're not a doom and gloom preacher. You're a positive person. Where? What's our hope? Where? What's our hope? Here's our hope. And it shall come to pass. When, Pastor? In the last days. Saith God. I'll pour my spirit out upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. <laughs> and your young men shall see visions. I'm still seeing them, by the way. And your old men shall dream dreams. He said, in the last days, I'm going to pour my spirit out. February the 8th. Wilmore, Kentucky, about 20 students are in a chapel service at a place that I have preached, Asbury College. And they start praying for one another. They just start praying for one another. Nobody knew their names, but these 20 students just start praying for one another. And what happens? The presence of God comes. The presence of God comes. The power of God comes. <laughs> Those 20 students in that little chapel, thousands on top of thousands on top of thousands start coming to Wilmore, Kentucky. They're coming from as far away as Canada. They're coming from as far away as Singapore. Oh, they're coming because the presence of God is just there. The presence of God is just there. And it starts spreading. It goes from as College to Lee University and from Lee University it goes to Ohio Christian University but then something happens it starts going to places like Texas A&M it starts going to Baylor it starts going to Auburn it starts going to Ohio State no no it starts going to Harvard it starts going to Yale and I'll pour my spirit out upon all flesh and your sons, no, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. <laughs> I'll pour my spirit out. They'll be a football player. His name will be Damar Hamlin. And he will literally die on the field. He'll literally die on the field. And then the football players will say, you know, it's not about play. It's not about pay. It's about pray. And the football players will get down and they'll start praying. And 32 NFL teams will start praying. And I'll pour my spirit out upon all flesh. And an ESPN announcer by the name of Dan Orlowski. Dan Orlowski will say, I can't help it. I know we're on the air. I know we're on live television, but I just believe I need to lead us in prayer. And I just believe we all need to pray. In the last days, I'll pour my spirit out and a series will come forward. 
that they'll wonder if anybody wants to watch and it will be called the chosen sons and daughters sons and daughters and 440 million people will end up watching something called the chosen and a movie comes out that they expected it to flop but I I buy a couple tickets to go see a movie called The Jesus Revolution. They thought it was gonna flop and it's exploded. And I'm sitting there watching The Jesus Revolution and they start baptizing at Pirate's Cove. And I said, oh God, oh God. Don't let them just baptize. Don't let, we don't need a Camelite teaching. Don't let them just walk in that water and baptize. And then that boy walks down there to that water and he says, let me ask you something. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Have you accepted him? Have you been washed in the blood of the lamb for the remission of your sins? He said, oh, I want to be, I want to be. He prays with him right there on the spot. Let me know, look here. He prays with him right there on the spot. I can't help it. I'm in the theater. I'm in the theater. I just lifted my hands toward heaven. Said, praise be to God. And it's exploding all over because your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And Kelsey Grammer, one of Hollywood's leading actors, goes live on Kelly and Ryan, and they start questioning. And this is what he says. This is what Kelsey Grammer says. He says, Jesus, Somebody just hold my Bible while I shout. Jesus made a difference in my life, and I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm not going to apologize for the difference that Jesus made in my life. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.